In today's show, we're looking at players who are overperforming, players that are underperforming. We're also waiting for Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. We're here. I know trade deadlines have passed in most leagues, but that doesn't mean that we can't look at some guys who are overperforming or some guys that are underperforming, and just see whether we expect some reversion, either positively or negatively, to what their uh, what their expectations should be. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's recap the show we did two weeks ago on this to see how those um, predictions looked. The guys that I thought were by lows, Cade Cunningham was 152nd. Well, since then, in the last two weeks, he's been 34th, so big win there. Andy Wiggins was 191st. He's 109th in the last two weeks. Good win. Anthony Edwards was 277th. Well, since he's been back, he's 21st. Pretty happy with that. Christian Wood's gone from 288th to 23rd. Now, both Edwards and Wood there, I'd say they've almost flipped completely in the other direction where they're overperforming, and maybe that's a bit of a sell-high sort of situation. And the same goes with Brandon Ingram, who was 108th when we did this show two weeks ago. And over the last two weeks since then, he's he's not 100th, he is 7th. Now, yes, he's out with a hamstring injury, but on the games that he played, which is the four or five, I think, over those last two weeks, he's the seventh-ranked player. Pretty bloody good. In terms of the other guys, guys that were sell highs, DeMar DeRozan, when I did this last, was fourth. Since that, in the preceding two weeks, he's 32nd. It was always going to happen. Devin Booker, it didn't happen. I thought Devin Booker would drop off a little bit. He hasn't. He's gone from eighth, and then the next two weeks, he's sixth. Big step up from Booker there. That is, of course, with some of his games being missed due to COVID. Buddy Heald went from 27th down to 61st. Bogdan Bogdanovich went from 39th down to 57th. And Terrence Mann, it pretty predictably went from 57th down to 129th. So most of those buy lows, sell highs, in fact, nine of the 10, turned out. Hopefully you did make some trades and able to extract some value out of those guys. But now let's see uh, at the moment some guys who are overperforming their expected projection the rest of the year. And we'll start in Golden State with Jordan Poole. Poole, over the last two weeks, is the 20th ranked player. 20th. Yes. He is 52nd in points leagues over that time as well. Just really putting in strong numbers. He's averaging 35 fantasy points. He's a 27 fantasy point guy for the year. So why is this happening? How is he doing this? Well, number one, he's playing 31 minutes a night coming off the bench. Some of that, there's been absences from all of the starters in one game um, where Steph and Clay and Wigo were out and he's just played some extra minutes in some other ones. Draymond coming back might have somewhat of an impact on him because it just means less Wiggins at the four, less Clay at the three. But in addition to that, he's done the thing that we talk about. Parlay extra minutes with better shooting into a big boost. 58% from the field, 
23 points per game, hitting 53% of his threes. So the the points or the minutes might come down from 31 to 28, let's say. The shooting will come down 100%. Well, it won't come down 100%, but it will definitely come down from 53% from deep. He's also hitting 64% on twos. Now, his twos have been great this year. He's been really, really good on two-point percentage, but that's high. And the scoring comes down. Maybe he's only 18 points per game, and it's still pretty good. And he still can hover around that 70 to 80 mark. And it looks like he has figured out where his role is playing alongside Clay Thompson. And that's fine. You can figure it out. You can't figure it out to the tune of 53% shooting from three. Nobody can. So while you might have figured it out and it might not be as disastrous it was at, as what it was when Clay first arrived and it was bad for Poole, it's not this good. He's not the 20th best player. He's probably not the 50th best player. He's probably sitting in that 70 to 95, maybe 70 to 75 to 100 sort of range uh, back end as there's going to be a bit of a cool off here from this level of production. Al Horford also outproducing expectations at the moment. It's been a wild season from Horf. He's been all over the shop in terms of value started out red hot, fell off completely, and he's back to being pretty hot. He's the 33rd ranked player in category leagues over the last two weeks, and he's 50th in points league. So what is happening? How is Horford doing this? Well, he's playing 34 minutes a night, which is a bit of a surprise, to be honest. In fact, Sheev... A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. He's averaging 12 points, 8 rebounds, nothing particularly special there. So again, how are the numbers up? Well, 1.5 steals will start to get it done for you. He's averaging 0.7 for the year. So basically, he's doubling his steal numbers. He's also at 1.5 blocks. Now, for the year, he is at 1.4. That's true. Last year, he averaged 0.9. The year before that, he averaged 0.9. He has been a much better shot blocker in Boston, but there's always potential for this to go awry and for him to go back to one or one block per game. And that's a significant drop-off. He's also going at 50% from the field. When he's a 46 guy this year, he's hitting 41% from three. When he's a 31% guy this year. So up with the blocks, up with the minutes, up with the defensive stats and steals. Um, hasn't missed a free throw at all over the last two weeks. It's low volume, but it's still important. It's important to be, instead of 85, to be a 100% guy. It means your Z score goes from 0.8, or goes up from 0.25 to 0.8. All of these things contribute, and that's enabling Horford to jump into that top 50 when realistically he's probably a 60 to 80 guy, maybe 55 guy. So a few things really working in his favor at the moment. That has turned his season around after a bit of a lull there in the middle. But there's definitely definitely no lull in college basketball because we are here ready to go in the tournament. It is finally upon us. So for all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs and info. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting, wagering, information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Also got to remind you guys to check out um, uh, Locked On Now, which is a, a show that we have on YouTube. It's also over on your podcast feed and it has nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from local experts. And it's free and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. Next player we're going to look at is De'Aaron Foxy Fox, who has really turned it on since Tyrese Halliburton has left and is putting up gigantic numbers. He is the 31st ranked player in category leagues. He's ninth in points leagues. 
Ninth. That's pretty bloody good. He's averaging 52 fantasy points. That's up from the 38 that he's averaging for the year. And to be honest, I I thought that he could be a top 12 to 14 fantasy points guy this year. He has not been. He's 20th in fantasy points. Sorry, no, he's not. He's 34th in fantasy points. Um, but yeah, he's putting up big numbers. But why, why do I believe that this may not continue? He's averaging 31.6 points per game. So number one there. Like, I find it hard to believe that De'Aaron Fox is a 31-point-per-game scorer. His 30 usage, sure, that can stick. 52% from the field? Probably not. Because that includes 42% from three from a bloke who is, for the year, shooting 29.6. Did Tyrese Halliburton make him a bad three-point shooter? Did the absence of Tyrese Halliburton make him an excellent three-point shooter? I think the answer to both of those questions is no, pretty clearly. So again, it's tying in playing 40 minutes a night with increased usage, with this increased shooting streak. It's been great. The assists are up, and that's real without Halliburton. He's at eight over the last seven games. For the year, he's at 5.5. Totally believable. He's hitting his threes at a much higher rate. Totally believable. And giving you 2.4 per game versus 1.2. But while I expect that elevation to be there for Fox in the three-point shooting a little bit from 296 because that's dreadful. And he has been, to be fair to him, at 39% from three over the last 17 games. I'm not sure that 42 or 43 or 48, which is what he's shooting over his last three games, has any um, ability to stick whatsoever. So I think there's going to be a drop-off for him. And look, in a category league, he's 31st. He could be higher. He's hitting just 69% of his free throws. He could be a 75, 77% guy and be top 10, top 15, if everything else he was doing remains, which I don't think it will. But there's a gigantic negative there in his free throw percentage. Everything else is pretty good. But I do think there's going to be a fall off in that field goal percentage and his, and the three-point percentage is going to have a dip there as well. And I'm not sure he's going to survive playing 40 minutes a night every game here. And as we get closer into the season, I reckon we might see that start to drop off. Tyler Hero, another guy that I think is outperforming his rest of season expectations. Hero is 28th over the last two weeks and 46th in points leagues, averaging 36 fantasy points. So why is Hero up here? He's averaging 24.8 points per game. He's been really good. He's been leading this team's offense. He's got a 29 usage. That's pretty bloody high. He's doing that, shooting 50% from the field. Okay, 49.6 to be accurate and shooting a ridiculous 97% from the line. Now, Tyler Hero is a very, very good free throw shooter. Very good. Expecting 97% from the line, if you expect that, I think you're going to be disappointed. And it's that thing that will, I'll, you know, I'll continue to say it. Right, He might end up as an 87% guy, which is where he is this year. That's really good. That's still a 10 percentage point drop from at 97 where he is, which is unbelievably excellent. His number one fantasy category over the last two weeks is free throw percentage. He can drop back to 87%, which is still a really good number, and lose 30 ranking spots just from that. And of course, that influences his points overall also. He's also hitting 47% from three. And while maybe he's a 40% guy, 47 is something that's going to come down. So there are going to be a few things that drop off from Hero here, basically all in the shooting numbers, and even in the usage, that might come down too. It might not though, but I feel pretty confident in saying that he won't be 97 from the line 
or 47% from three as we move forward. The last guy I want to talk about as an overperforming player is in Washington, and it's Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Yes, Caldwell-Pope is a must-roster player, but he's not the 50th best player, which is where he sits over the last two weeks in category leagues. And in points leagues, he's at 90th, averaging 29 fantasy points. For the year, he's 162nd in points leagues, averaging 22 points. For the year in category leagues, he's 131. But this is obviously a different Wizards team. And I do think that he is a must-roster guy. But what's happening here that I'm not not encouraged by or not, not super confident in? He's averaging 18 points per game. It's pretty high. 93 from the line. Much like with Tyler Hero, that is very impressive. Now, when you look at it on the surface, right? 90, he's averaging 90, he's hitting 91.6 for the season. So still an astonishing amount. But what has happened is that over the last two weeks, over the last six games, he's gone from 91.6 to 93.1. Eh, not a huge difference, but his attempts have gone from 1.9 to 4.8. So hitting 91.6 at 1.9 attempts is solid. It's an okay contribution because it doesn't influence your category that much. But he said, no, 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 I'm going to hit him at this level and I'm going to triple my rate. And that turns that into his best fantasy category by a significant margin. So even if he keeps shooting at 93%, which maybe is possible for him, but the volume goes back to where it used to be, then the numbers do dry up a little bit. He's also hitting 51% of his threes, which I'm sure you won't continue. So I think KCP is a clear top 100 guy. He might be top 75. I don't think that top 50 is really anything that's super realistic for our expectations for him for the rest of the year. But if you have expectations to buy cheap parts for your car, why wouldn't you get them from Rock Auto? You wouldn't go to a local chain auto parts store. Sounds pretty silly, doesn't it? You would just go straight to rockauto.com because they're an online family business serving auto parts customers for the last 20 plus years. Whether that's brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto could have, or not could have, does have everything you need for your car or truck. And the prices are always reliably low. So head to rockauto.com and check all of the parts available for your car or truck. And in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's go to the underperforming players now. And let's start with one that screams out at us and goes, Jesus Christ, this guy is really underperforming. Really underperforming. And that's Mickey Conley who has been dreadfully bad over the last two weeks. He's only played five games. He's 161st in category leagues. He's 133rd in points leagues. That's bad. That would make you say, why am I rostering on this bike? Why am I holding him? And I get it. I understand that. He's averaging just 23 fantasy points. He's down from 28 for the year. For the year in category leagues, he's 83rd. So he's 161st here. But these numbers are insane. He's averaging 6.6 points. 6.6. He's still getting 2.6 steals, so this could be a lot worse. He's still getting almost five assists. He's still hitting 83% from the line, but 20.5% from the field. It's almost unfathomably bad. He's hitting 25% from three and 17% from two. I don't know how that's possible. All this means is that there is a guaranteed, absolute guarantee of Mike Conley shooting back up these rankings. 100% guarantee you this. 
I assure you that Mike Conley in the next two weeks will shoot better than 20.5%. I guarantee you it. Guarantee not valid in all 50 states. But I guarantee you that he will not shoot 20.5%. He's only hitting one three a game as well. Like this could easily just turn into, yeah, maybe he's not going to blow us away, but why couldn't he double his points from six to 13? Why couldn't he? I know six is not double 13, but 6.6, or sorry, 13 is not double six. 6.6, you double that to 13. Yeah, taking liberties here. Why couldn't he go 13, three, and five with two steals? Shooting 43. And he's still hitting 83 from the line. It's just a horrendous slump. And he will break out of it. The skater boy, Zach Levine. He's also underperforming. I am a little worried about Levine and his knee. Just keeps getting that questionable tag with knee soreness. I think it's going to continue to be a problem all year. He's basically said as much. And that's a worry for sure. He's 76th in category leagues and 40th in points leagues over the last two weeks. He's averaging 37 fantasy points uh, in points leagues, which is basically right on where he's been for the year. So in points leagues, he's not actually underperforming that much. In category leagues, yeah, a lot, because he's 29th for the year. So why is this happening? Well, for a guy that's an elite shooter, going 73% from the line on six attempts hurts a lot. You go from a positive 1.1 Z score in free throws to a negative 1.24. It's like a 2.4 Z score swing. That takes you from 29 to 76 right there. Because he's scoring, it's basically the same. He's at 24.6. Well, actually, you know what? It's literally identical. 24.6 points for the year, 24.6 points over the last five games. But losing 13 percentage points on your free throws kills. He's also only at 34% from three when he's at 39 over the year. So a drop off there. And while he is not a high steals guy, he is not a high steals guy at all. When you go from 0.6, bad number, down to 0.4, it's only a 0.2 drop, but it's 33% reduction in your production in that category. Reduction in your production, reduction in your production. Remix. Um, I've had too many coffees. Um, it hurts. It drops a lot down. So there is going to be, a, I think, a top 40 rest of season expectation from Levine in category leagues is, is realistic. And hopefully we get that happening soon. On to Jim Harden in Philadelphia. Oh, man. It is, uh, it's not good over the last couple, has it? It's been a real, real struggle because Jimmy Harden, over the last two weeks, that's five games, he's the 35th ranked player. 35th. He's 26th in points leagues. He's eighth for the season in points leagues. Um, he is fifth for the season in category leagues. So what's going on here? Why are we off so far? He's only averaging under 21 points per game. That's not good. But the real thing here is shooting. 36.5% from the field. And on the volume that he takes, it, it hurts. He's at 27 usage and you're getting 36%. That hurts. His two-point percentage, 39%. He's a 47 guy this year. The three-pointers, three they've been rough all year. So there's room for that to improve. But I don't look at it and go, well, he's only 33% from three versus 34 for the year. There's a big jump up there. Maybe it doesn't jump up. But 39% on twos is disappointing. He also has not blocked a single shot in his last in, in his time in Philadelphia. Now, James Harden, you wouldn't say he's my guy influencing blocks. But one of the key strengths that James Harden has had over his fantasy career 
is he gives you decent blocks. He's at 0.6 for the year. He was at 0.8 last year, 0.9 the year before that. He's only at 1.3 steals, and maybe that can change. That might change a bit. But not having a single block hurts. 0.6 blocks is basically an average mark. 0.7 blocks is about average, right? Which is where he's at, which for a guard is unbelievably valuable. To be an average contributor in blocks as a guard is huge. He just hasn't had one. Not a single block in his time in Philadelphia. And that hurts. That impacts. And that has to change for him to get back to where he needs to be. Let's look at Miles Bridges in Charlotte, who has been great this year, surprising us all with his early season production. But it's been a little bit of a dip here from Miles. He's 65th in points leagues, averaging 33 fantasy points. That's down from 38. He is 84th in category leagues, down from 40th. And why is this happening? Well, Bridges, for the year, has been pretty strong in steals and blocks. One steal, 0.9 blocks. Right? That's good numbers. Over the last two weeks, 0.7 steals and 0.3 blocks. And again, when you look at someone and they're averaging 0.9 blocks, you don't necessarily immediately go, well, 0.3 blocks, well, who cares? They're both under one, it doesn't matter. It's a big difference, man. It turns from a positive into a negative. Same with going from one steal to 0.7 steals. That's a 33% decrease in your block in your steal numbers. It's like a bloody 67% decrease in your block numbers. And that, that's why when I took when you talk about player rankings and how I like to downweight steals and blocks, is because one little change in that category is wild. Like you go from two block game to a one block game, it's just because so, they're so low volume stats because you can't accumulate, well, I got 0.1 of a steal in this game. So everything is such wild swings that it has influence. And even with me you know, dropping the weighting of those categories, it's, it's hurt him a lot by having just such a big drop off in those categories. He's also shooting under 80% from the line. His usage is also down under 22. And... While this is still good, 54% from two, he's at 59 for the year. And that drags his overall field goal percentage down and obviously his overall scoring down as well. So defensive stats have disappeared. Efficiency's down. Rebounds are down from 7.1 to 5.3. Some of that is because he's playing at the three now with PJ Washington at the four, so maybe that doesn't jump back up as much. But there is still hope for him, I think, to be a top 50 guy rest of year. Lastly, the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, in, uh, in Detroit. Bay started out the season on one of the worst cold streaks you could imagine. He was dreadful. But he improved and he went absolutely red hot. Now he's, he was starting to stabilize. He's 112th for the year in category leagues. He is 92 for the year in points leagues, averaging 29. But over the last two weeks, he's down at 27 or 28. He's 142nd in category leagues, 100 in points leagues. So why? That's always what we want to ask. Why? Well, steal rate cut in half. Gone from 0.8 to 0.4. There's your number one reason. Steal rate down. His free throws, which were at 83, they're down too. They're at 77%. And again, it might not seem like a big deal, but it's big enough to turn from a positive in free throws to a negative in free throws. Now, his field goal percentage has been a disaster all year. It's actually up over the last two weeks. It's been bad, and you know that it's been bad. So that's not really his thing. But the usage with Jeremy Grant, Cade Cunningham taking advantage of their opportunities, it's hurting him. 
He's at 19.8, 19.6 usage, sorry. Um, and he's at 21 for the year. I don't think that it goes back necessarily that high. I, I'm not I'm not sure that it's going to jump back up to that level. But I still think there is room for him to improve in those defensive stats and to get some of his other stuff um, cracking, especially that free throw percentage back up. That, guys will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, and on Spotify. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Let me know. How, what do you think of these guys? These buy lows, sell highs, over, under, performing, however you want to phrase it. Let me know which ones you think and disagree with and agree with and all that sort of stuff. And guys, I'm rambling. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.